All right, hello everybody and welcome. This is a special Noko Moto Podcast holiday commentary. You've gotten used to these over the years. Here's another one for the Thanksgiving weekend 2023. As we promised you last week in the episode, we have a movie commentary coming for you. And well, no, we have a movie commentary series for the first time ever. We are watching a little movie called Rebel Rouse or The Rebel Rousers. And it's kind of, it doesn't know it, but it's part of a shared biker universe. And that doesn't make any sense, except it will. Because after this, we're going to do another. So this, this is a, uh, this is all leading up to Easy Rider. So these are all different biker movies that are kind of inspired by each other. And we've got about five movies on this list leading up to Easy Rider. And these movies are all interconnected in very strange ways. And this movie is our entry point into this bike exploitation shared universe, this multiverse, this bikerverse. They didn't know it when they made this movie, and we didn't know it when we started doing commentaries. But Are we just assuming now that all biker movies are in the same shared universe? No. But the, no. This is not in the same shared universe as all biker movies, but this is in a specific shared universe. So, okay. like, so Stone Cold and the, the Savage one, whatever it was called, those might be a shared universe. I'm not sure. But you mean Savage Dawn? Yeah, Savage Dawn and Stone Cold might be a shared universe. I, I, it's, it's flaky. This is, there's a much stronger idea that this is in a shared universe of sorts. It's at least kind of a shared IP with Easy Rider. That's a better way to put it. Okay. So, uh, this is going to be a really easy one to sync up, guys. Here's all you have to do. I'm going to count down four, three, two, one. Swiggs is going to press play, and then you're going to press play because the only place to watch this movie is on YouTube. But the good news is, is the quality on YouTube isn't that bad for this kind of movie. I mean, it's bad, but it's not like you would, it's not, a, I, I think you should watch this movie on your phone, but you're probably listening to this podcast on your phone as well. Now, quick question. When we do the countdown, yeah, am I going to hit play on one or the beat after one? The beat after one. So it's going to okay. be three, two, one, go. Okay. And then you're, and you're going to hit it on go. All right. So maybe put this on your, your TV, like the YouTube app on your TV, and then listen on your phone, something like that, whatever, or your desktop computer or an iPad. And then listen to the podcast on your phone, whatever, however you want to do it. But you want to watch this on YouTube for free. Don't worry. This is like a one-hour biker movie. From what I've seen so far, this is a movie that was intended to be watched on a 20-inch TV screen. I don't know. Uh, this was meant to be watched at a drive-in, but... <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the same thing. Yeah. All right. So, you ready to start, Swigs? I am. All right, everybody, you're in for a treat. Ready? So, four, three, two, one, go. All right, so 
right off the bat here, I I don't know if this immediately passes or fails the Moto Bechdel test because this is one of the worst uh, trying to pass off nine miles per hour for 50 miles per hour that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, yeah, because the, the camera doesn't have any kind of stabilization on it. Right. They're dragging their feet on the ground. But also, you can just see the lines on the road. Like, they're just moving really slowly. Like, they're barely going faster than their jogging, like, jogging pace. I mean, the correct thing to do would be to just, like, point the camera up a bit more so that you couldn't see the road. Or didn't notice the lines moving by them, it, like, crazy slow. Right, but they're probably filming this out of the back of a pickup instead oh, yeah. of like a transit van or something. It's just it's just too high and they can't get it down low enough. Yeah, there's This tells us a couple things about this movie though. One thing this movie gets absolutely right is the kinds of bikes that these guys had at the time. I will say there's a lot lot of dudes riding bitch right now. Which is generally not a great, not, well, it's it's not reminiscent of the era of motorcycle gangs. It's a little bit weird. Okay, so. I don't know if you're just trying to fill the scene with more noise and more people, but so, for the era, it doesn't kind of make sense. So this movie is filmed in the town of Chloride, Arizona. That's a fantastic name. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is a real town, and it is a real shithole. It's an abandoned ghost town now. They named a town Chloride? Hey, kids, it's Cameron Mitchell. So this is amazing. This movie is build as Cameron Mitchell's the star, right? So this is Cameron Mitchell Swigs, which, if you don't know, was a sort of big movie star in the... Hold on, I have to pause to say another thing this movie gets right is fucking sunglasses. Not just Bruce Dern here. Like, look at these awesome shades. Like, those are out of the fucking Matrix. They're pretty good. Yeah. Um... So uh, uh, Cameron Mitchell kind of rose to prominence as the uh, originated the role of Happy Loman in um, Death of a Salesman and then uh, on Broadway and then started doing films. But by this point, 1967, because this is filmed in 1967, this is filmed pre-Easy Rider. Uh, like the Wild Angels, the Peter Fonda movie came out, and then people thought, oh, oh, uh, biker movies are still viable. So Bruce Dern there, this movie was directed by his agent. It is the only feature film his he made. So in, I, I feel like in our movie commentaries, there is a long, rich history of these biker movies being the director's only work. Yeah. And this is no exception. We have to remember that the uh that uh um Torque was the director's first movie and his previous works was were the music videos, were, yeah. It was music videos and a Pepsi commercial. Right, yeah. Yeah. 
So so Cameron Mitchell here was washed up. So he starts doing these budget movies, drive-ins, things like that, because he was like a big movie star in like the early 50s, mid-50s. So this is this is him in sort of a a Nicolas Cage um phase, right? Okay. Where he's just yeah. making anything. And Bruce Dern's agent was like, hey, I'm going to make this biker movie and I can get Cameron Mitchell to be the star. So, like, that's the draw. Will you be in mm -hmm. this movie? So Bruce Dern gets his friend Jack Nicholson. But not just Jack Nicholson. If you look in the the background here, he'll pop up in a minute. This movie also stars Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton was in fucking Alien. I yeah. <laughs> right? Uh oh, I love this fucking sketchy ass motel that he's staying in. Now look at the difference from the outside here to the inside. What is this? Is that a what? You're like, hmm. There's a bookshelf over the kitchen. What? Why is there a cot? In... Well, because look, they've clearly bought the Encyclopedia Britannica there to make sure the youngster gets a good education. Yeah. <laughs> so the so the the yeah the baby the the baby cot bed whatever um that will be revealed. So again. I, this movie just gets weirder and weirder, like why this movie exists. I've done a deep dive here. So so this is Diane Ladd on the beach there, who is um, at this time, or maybe even still, uh, Bruce Dern's wife. Here's a crazy fucking thing, right? So the baby crib. In this movie, Diane Ladd is pregnant but in real life, she's pregnant for real. Can you guess who the baby is? Is it Nicolas Cage? No. I, I'm, no. I, I have no Laura idea. Laura Dern. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the movie was written by... Bruce Dern's agent slash director who could just get Cameron Mitchell here in his washed up phase. And they're like, yeah, it's going to be crazy. We're going to have like this crazy scene where these guys are like bikers partying or whatever. And it's weird though, because no one's phoning it in. Which you'll see, like, it, I, okay. Man, just knowing what's going to, so I feel like I need to tell everybody right now, this looks like a regular biker, like, bike exploitation film. This is a horror movie. Look, there's Harry Dean Stanton. With this, and again, like I told you, this movie nails sunglasses, like Harry Dean Stanton. It takes a minute to really recognize him, but him there with the guitar. 
I will say this is very reminiscent of the time when um this is very reminiscent of the time when uh we don't have to have a cut every two and a half seconds. I so, do enjoy that, yeah. But at the same time, I haven't really heard a lot of dialogue that's actually grounding me in any sort of plot at this point. It gets a little bit better with that. This movie is like Remember when I said uh, Electric Glide in Blue was almost good? Yeah. Like, it was really close. This is halfway to good in that it does kind of get to some sort of point and some sort of cohesive story. But right now, like, this is... This is in that sort of mash era, like put a camera up and have a bunch of people doing wild and crazy things. Yeah. We've this, only got, well, like an hour and ten okay, run time warning, here. This sheriff is fucking awesome. Okay. But the sheriff is nowhere near as awesome as his fucking uncle slash deputy Pedro or or whatever his fucking name is. Mm-hmm. So this this sheriff has like the lowest pulse ever and he's fantastic. I will say on these old cameras, every time they do a shot of these like desert towns like it looks like the surface of mars and it was the same yeah. in electrical light and blue it gets washed out so much when they've got that much light just in the middle of the desert in midday yeah it's, it's like they've it's also like they're reusing film you know yeah. b- back in the day when you would record shit on cassette tape off the radio and then you wanted to record more music off the radio but you ran out of blank cassette tapes so you would just wipe a magnetic tape and then record with it again. But it was never really the same, right? Yeah. You know, it's like buying socks from Goodwill. It you're yeah. never gonna get that fresh, crisp feeling. Yeah. I love that they have a fucking deuce and a quarter wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Sheriff Rico sure is going to take fucking care of it. There was like two bikes out front. Uh, Yeah, it it just is what it is. Look at this shit. He just fucking takes care of business. Oh, look, there is a bike inside. Keep in mind. We'll have that. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) What? Well, they're fucking bikers and they're causing trouble. They've caused trouble here before. No, I'm just mean he shot his gun into the roof twice. Yeah. I feel like the bar owner would be upset about that. Well, she just wants these guys gone.
Okay, you also need to know that Bruce Dern is super quotable in this movie. So that whole speech of, I just said this to this man, this is a place where things are at. Well, this is not where they are at. <laughs> that was a good speech. It was really good. He gets a lot of those in this. Like, this whole movie was written around the fact that Bruce Durham was going to be a hippie biker. And all his, the like, all these actors are just Bruce Dern's friends. Uh, we so, should just know that everyone in this bar was really cool about live rounds being fired into the ceiling, and well, they took it. They took it really well. When you live in Chloride, Arizona, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jack Nicholson was just given this part, and it's a little bit of a, a shine of brilliance because he doesn't have a whole lot to do, but he's got this whole backstory for this character. And he got these like old convict like pants and the stocking cap and create this whole look for the movie. And and Harry Dean Stanton did the same thing. Apparently there was just nothing in the script except these guys were just sort of bikers. And to their credit, they did kind of fucking come up with something. I do love how they just have this like 15 second scene of them all just trying to get their bike started. Yeah. That's very uh, accurate. It's very Moto Bechdel for the time. That is true. This scene is a little bit more Moto Bechdel. So, yeah. So Bruce Stern's wife here, Diane Ladd, is pregnant with Laura Dern in real life. So they just wrote this story about this pregnant woman. Uh, because they just needed to insert her into the movie somehow. Uh, have we explained the Meadow Bechdel thing in a while? Yeah, I think we have. But yeah, the, so... so there well, go is ahead the, and explain it again, Swings. So there is the Bechdel test, which is kind of like a, a feminist uh, test for, you know, female representation in movies, which is, you know... Are there two women in a movie who are important to the plot? Do they talk to each other? Do they talk to about important things other than men in their lives in the movie? And the Moto Bechdel test is... I just want to stop. So we just had that little foreshadowing scene of the bikers harassing her. And then she's like, hmm, let me just walk into this this motel that has mud for siding, apparently. And... <laughs> Oh, this is going to be my little, like, home with my baby. This looks familiar. Oh, there's just a, a dude here chain smoking. Anyway. Yeah, Motobechdel. The, the Motobechdel test is a, a, a similar thing, which is, are there motorcycles in the movie... Are there people doing realistic, relatable motorcycle things, like having bikes that don't start? Are there actors in the movie who are actually riding the bike rather than stuntmen with their face visible? Are they having actual, like, motorcycle rider, like, problems occurring in the movie? And so far, that was a, that, that first scene was actually pretty solid. Yeah. A lot of these bike exploitations do do score pretty high that way. Well, yeah, because they're not doing anything on a stage. They're just 
they have to have people riding the bikes because there's no other way to shoot the movie. <laughs> Weirdly, when they get a little bit of budget, that's where it goes downhill quickly. Yeah, the quality of the riding goes down. I just want to point out this fucking uh, Harley that Jack Nicholson's on with those awesome exhausts. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's pregnant and drinking hard in this movie. It's great. <laughs> but So she's just moved to this hotel in this spot that they've visited a couple times in the past. Right. This is just like a they've come here for vacation because it's a shitty little town, but it's like by the beach. They're staying in this random hotel room. The beach Who's where the fuck, this what's is the fucking picture of the little girl in this motel room. Who is that? I have no. <laughs> no, this this hotel room, this uh, defies all reality. Why is there? a whole book rack like a whole like two level bookshelf above the kitchen well they keep explaining it away as she had the guy that runs the motel help her quote fix the place up but yeah this that okay, sofa but... is absolutely insane for something in a motel the picture of the i can't get over the picture of the little girl I do like the figurine of the guy on the motorcycle coming out of the wall. So there was some sort of set designer. This isn't just a random place. But the set designer was out of their fucking mind. Yeah, but like as far as we can tell, like from all the outside cues we've been given, this is like a motel literally on the highway. Like so uh, this doesn't make a lot of sense i know so so he's like upset that she didn't want to get an abortion and she just wants to like run away and have her baby um presume like he's an architect and i think we're supposed to think she comes from like a wealthy family so she has money but she doesn't want to have the baby like around her friends and family because it's like the 60s and it's a baby out of wedlock and so that's their entire out. story. They're yeah. just hanging out in Chloride, Arizona. Well, I, Chloride, Arizona is standing in for a beach town in Southern California, like on the border. We're like south of San Jose here. Okay. Um, that makes sense. But This was just a place where they could film for free. This is about six hours away from the beach that they film at. I mean, at this point, you could have convinced me that this was filmed in the same town as Electroglide and Blue. They're not really selling the beach right now. No, they're not. <laughs> and, yeah. I love how in the 60s you could just put flute music behind exposition. It was a simpler time. <laughs> it was. They talk about abortion for a while here. 
It's <laughs> well, you know, it was a highly topical thing at the time. You know, this is a. Uh... Actually, shit. Now that I think about it, like when when was uh, Roe v. Wade? It was in the sixties, wasn't it? Uh, I thought that it was kind of a situation where it was now where abortion was legal some places, illegal others, and then Roe v. Wade was like 72, and then it was just federally legal everywhere. Well, you know what? It's topical again. I guess it is, yeah. (laughs) All right. Rebel Rousers, ahead of its time. There you go. I can't get over the picture of that fucking girl on the wall. Like, what the fuck? Like, it. I guess it could be like her niece or her sister from back in the day or some shit. But who's bringing, like, ju- like that's a big family portrait. Then, well, not family portrait, but like you know, a portrait of a family member in a quite ornate frame. Who's fucking? taken that to some shitty like mud hut motel in the middle of fucking nowhere to go uh, start it's... your new life <laughs> it's in a lot of shots it's yeah it's not it's a little disturbing it's a choice <laughs> right yeah, yeah. So Cameron Mitchell smokes a lot in this movie. Fun fact, he died of um, lung cancer in 94. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Friar Tuck is in this movie. Nice. I'm not sure if this priest character ever gets named, but I mean... Like, this is Friar Tuck from like a 1950s uh, Robin Hood movie, right? He certainly looks out of place. Uh, This guy that plays the sheriff, one of the reasons he's such a badass is in real life, he's a professional stuntman, and he did all the motorcycle stunt scenes in this movie. So in real life, he's a legitimate badass, which is why he plays a badass really well here. And that mustache. Oh, man. So this isn't a long movie. And I haven't seen a lot of conflict so far. Oh, when the conflict comes, you'll know. Fun fact, I I think I mentioned this earlier, but just in case I didn't, the director of this this film quotes that it's the worst thing he ever made. By 1967 standards, it's not completely incompetent, but it doesn't quite hit the tone that it should. It should lean harder into its... Uh, the thing it eventually becomes, which is a horror movie. I think they were trying to make a movie about like, oh, look, it's bikers. Bikers are cool. 
but that is not what they accomplish. Right. Oh, we got some good Moto Bechdel coming up here. So this uh, Triumph he's got, or it might be a BSA. I think it's a BSA, actually. But yeah, these are all Triumphs, Harleys, BSAs, and they're very much customized in the way that people would customize this kind of shit. So there you go. Can you imagine just riding, like, just imagine riding, like, 100 or 200 miles, heading out to a bar, like, riding bitch on the back of a bike? Oh, oh this is pure Moto Bechtel right there. Right. Dumping your bike on the side of the right end of the beach. Okay. Big points right there. But can you imagine, like, just riding bitch? For hundreds of miles, and then like starting shit at a bar when you've got a ride on the back of your friend's motorcycle all the way back. I feel like that's a lot. Like, that's a lot of balls. So, the guys in this motorcycle gang, this isn't a club. These are, this is like a group of mentally unstable homeless guys that happen to own motorcycles they're they're a set they're they're hippies but they're well, something that people don't realize about hippies is you know we have this idea of hippies as uh these guys that live or these people that live in like boulder and they wear tie-dye and they go to grateful dead reunion show things and whatever but when i think about hippies this is really what comes to mind just met just very unstable unhinged homeless dudes roving around creating trouble this is yeah. what i know hippies to be a lot of people think about you know hippies oh peace and love and you know what yeah if the if you're if their parents were rich and they could kind of cosplay the lifestyle that's what it was but yes absolutely there was a lot of violence around the hippie movement but look, we got like the weirdo guy, like Harry Dean Stanton in the suit, who's like got all like the political buttons going on. And we got this like cowboy guy and we got uh, Bruce Dern, who's just sort of less biker, more go with the flow. And he seems to believe in some kind of better way kind of thing. And then we've got Jack Nicholson here, who's just like some sort of super violent ex-con god damn this fucking motel i <sighs> why this motel like she's walking around in her fur coat and this motel is maybe like the most dangerous place in the planet right
You know, so far, besides the opening scene, I haven't seen a paved road. Yeah, there might not be any. <laughs> Man, Bruce Dern on this bike really, really leading the charge on the double headlight look. Yeah. gonna smoke some more just yeah offer the pregnant lady a cigarette <laughs> great i think he calls her stupid in this scene it's pretty great i mean it's not but it's great <laughs> <laughs> He calls her stupid a few times. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Here we go. More exposition with flute behind it. So in like 60 seconds, this movie takes a big turn. And this is when it really becomes the horror movie. Because all these biker but movies have that to. That whole line right there was insane. Like, oh yeah, this baby's, baby's gonna be born without a father, but it's my child too. Yeah, connect the dots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's trying to get her to marry him and like move back to town, but she's just uh -huh. like, no, I'm not having it. But you know, all these biker movies had to pretend to be about some sort of big social issue, even though. All they really do is bring up the issues. They don't really say anything about them. Right. Like, where this movie falls down is that these characters never end up doing anything that's representative of their problem and representative of a new, progressive, insightful, or meaningful way out of it or to accept it or deal with it. None of that ever happens. Which is okay, because really, it's a horror movie. I don't know if they intended that. Like, there's some really Tarantino-esque things in the way that this movie's constructed, right? So, we're... I don't know if that's the case so far. We're about halfway and... through this movie. And it's a very Tarantino thing. Like, this movie was about one thing, right? We got some scenes of these bikers causing trouble, but we've got this story about these two people. She's trying to run away with a baby. Like, okay, this is sort of what our story's about. That's all the momentum and all of a sudden here, the bikers have found them. 
This is so fantastic. <laughs> okay, I'm on. I'm on board now. Here we go. <laughs> what a great cut oh my god (laughs) now this is sort of comical right but there's a moment here that it really escalates Man, that that cowboy sunglasses like this movie really gets sunglasses right. Here we go. <laughs> Who gives See the most terrifying thing about these guys is that they just feel completely entitled to everything, right? And this is very much a hippie thing. Where did he come from? There was a scene earlier of him climbing the cliff. Oh, okay. So remember they had a fight and these guys stormed off? Right. He went off to look for him. Because he knows that they're just fucking violent psychopaths. We're having some kind of a scene. (laughs) So, yeah, they're just straight up hostages now. Look, he's just asking his, his, he's just asking who, like, hey, could you not? Well, he's like just trying to assault her. He's like, hey, 
Save some for me. Uh, the, <laughs> like they're all just expecting to rape this girl. They drink good beer, though. Look at all that Pabst. Yeah. So it's the dude like the striped like you know pre Adidas but like striped windbreaker jacket meditating on the beach. That's like they're not bikers; they're hippies. This is like the most understated in most incredibly creepy scene I have ever seen. And this just keeps going now. <laughs> this like yeah, I know. This like, is like that you know like when you're like they're when all you're just trying of... to pretend that they're not being held hostage and they're totally being held hostage. This is this is like a scene like this is this is something I have um experienced several times going out with a friend that I didn't know all that well. You go out, you end up in a house, and it was just a spur-of-the-moment thing, and there's like 30 people in a 1,200-square-foot house, and it's all kind of chill and quiet, but every person there is quietly just very, very creepy. And you're yeah. thought, if you realize 10 seconds walking in the door... I don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Like they've all just touched her already. Like Show the goobers. <laughs> I I love that I love that her uh her like would be husband, like baby daddy do like like he's still smoking. Like they're being held hostage. He's still <laughs> smoking. I, <laughs> what is that? So this kind Jack Nicholson really kind of takes the stage here now. 
He just pulled a gun. Like, so Jack Nicholson just grabbed. Okay, this is a pretty bad like uh, beat up scene. There's some really bad fake punches in here. <laughs> that was terrible. But like this is what's terrifying about these guys, right? They um like like so Bunny there, Jack Nicholson, just went up to go uh I yeah, mean, like, like cinematically kiss her. he seems... pulls it back like, hey, you can't touch her, and then they pull a gun, beat the shit out, and now look, Harry Dean stands like, Hey, we were just trying to have fun. What's the big deal? Right. Now, That's cinem- what's so terrifying about these I guys. I mean cinematically this doesn't work very well, but there are people like this. Right. Like, these are totally real people. But so, so this is what I'm saying. Like, imagine if not Tarantino, but, like, who's um the, the guy? Uh, he played, like, the bear Jew, um the, the horror director. Um, uh, uh, Eli Roth. Yeah. Like, if Eli Roth was making this and really leaned into, like, the aspect that these people are being held hostage, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. But if they leaned into the fact that this is actually just a super terrifying situation, and, right, this could yeah. be a good movie. Mm. Yeah. But it's not. I mean, it's bananas. And it's actually, I, I, I'm, I've been having a lot of fun with this movie. Yeah. But it's, but it could be a legitimately good movie. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is a weird, this, I mean, it, it's something that's really hard to portray in film, but, like, so far, all these hippie characters, I 100% believe that these are real people. This is a story that's been told 10,000 times. Like, these are, yeah, this this totally happens, and I totally believe all the events of this story so far. It's not shot very well, but... No, they're all believable. Poncho's so great. I mean, he's clearly the worst <laughs> actor in this whole thing. Like, is this a necessary I, character? Uh, he does one sort of necessary thing later on. Okay. That fucking Impala wagon is so great. This music. Okay, so... Why are they playing surfer music right now? Because they're all they're bikers on the beach, 
and this this is a first time director who doesn't know how to direct movies. Um, although apparently the uh, the director of photography for this, like the camera guy, well, the camera guy, therefore de facto director of photography for this, is the same guy also that shot Easy Rider. And apparently, like, developed this sort of renegade bike exploitation sort of film style. <laughs> what is it with you and the Boy Scouts not letting me rape women all over the place? <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't really very clear but apparently they have some sort of biker code that if they're going to do something fucked up uh brewster and the leader here like his sort of code is that there are no rules to you know to life or anything, but um, instead of just telling them that they can't do shit, they have to like play a game, which is basically just motorcycle races. So they're gonna have motorcycle races to decide who gets to rape her now. <laughs> <laughs> what i know it's not super clear from their dialogue there but that's what's happening now that's where this movie has gone <laughs> i'm glad we got some rules laid down <laughs> But look, she's just structured. like terrified and crying, laying on Cameron Mitchell, who's unconscious, while they're all organizing a game on who's going to... Like, this is a horror movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but they're not leaning into the, the horror aspect of it. I mean, there's a way to do it, but I don't think you have like this... like two minutes of surfer music going on throughout the whole scene. I think there's even a way to make it more terrifying with the surfer music. There is, but there's definitely some beats missing here to make that happen. This is fantastic. Look, he gets, so like this is girl that's been hanging out with the biker gangs, right? He gets her to sit with her. This is terrifying. This moment. How fucking cold was that? It really is. That is horrible. <laughs> I can't help you. Just sort of looks disgusted and walks away. But yeah, look at that double headlight look. I, I kind of like that. How these motorcycle races work is really unclear to me as well. I think we're dealing with some slightly sped up film there.
I mean, yeah, they're riding bikes back and forth, but again, it's just unclear who's winning or losing whatever. Right? Uh... Here's a Moto Bechdel thing that we've never talked about before. This movie, uh, all the bikes have license plates. That may be a first. Yeah. There's legit numbers on these and everything. And they're the old, and, and you know, they're legit. They're the old school California black plates. Cause I mean, again, are these are all just heats? motorcycles. That... Is, it, is this like a, is this a bracketed tournament right now? It's really unclear how this works. <laughs> What's going on? They're just riding bikes up and down the beach, really. Uh, I think it's some sort of round robin, yeah, bracket race thing. I, I mean, this could be Pinewood Derby rules. Like, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> this, is, I, this is double bracket. Yeah, I don't know if it's single elimination, double, I don't know. So, so Cameron Mitchell's escaping here, and um, without his pregnant girlfriend. <laughs> well, she's not gonna get away very fast. Like she's pregnant, right? Was it the whole thing that he got beat to shit though? Yeah. I love that, yeah. He's They're like all reason. pissed that he's running away, and he's like, well, yeah, we beat the shit out of him. We're going to, like, rape his girlfriend. He's got reasons for running away. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that, like, half of this... Uh... The soundtrack is basically, like, B-sides of Captain Beefheart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Captain Beefheart meets the old Spider-Man soundtrack. Yeah, or like Johnny yeah, Quest. It no, it it's, really it's Johnny Quest meets Captain Beefheart is what it is. <laughs> it's like it's like Quincy Jones and a super drunk like blues funk guitarist. That was some hardcore Moto Bechtel right there. I really like the best riding in this is like where they crash. I do love how he just turned off his fuel right when he pulled up. That was that was very Moto Did he? Bechtel. I didn't notice him hit the hit the petcock. I saw him put down his jiffy stand. I was all, he just reached down and hit his. Uh, maybe well, maybe he didn't. I, I think know. I it think he was like hitting it. the jiffy stand. Maybe. Look, he's just talking to her about how he's gonna rape her. 
that dude with the weird uh, sleeveless vest. Th- well, vests are sleeveless, but you know what I'm saying. Like the guy who's got this sort of like, like the guy whose vest makes him look like he could have been in Krull. Um, yeah. He's kind of a garbage character. Like he doesn't have a a great thing like Harry Dean Stanton. Like he doesn't have any quotable lines. He's de- he's no Hoot Gibson, that's for sure. <laughs> right? We know who Hoot Gibson is. We understand who Bunny is, but like weird guy that could have been in Kroll, I don't know. We're going to have a cut now. Like Yeah. Wh- what are the stakes here? Like what what is the tempo? I don't know what's going on. This is the scene where he tries to explain to her that he's going to try to get her out of this uh situation where Bunny's going to rape her. But instead of just letting her go, he has to organize He's like, "Yeah, I'm totally against this even though I'm the leader of this biker gang and I could just stop it." I That's right. That's right, Brewster. And you're the victim here. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. You're the victim. What? At the bar? Like, when no, pulled- remember he was telling him to not rape her and beat up Cameron Mitchell. And then who Gibson pulled the gun out and was like, what are you doing, man? We're just having a little fun. <laughs> Why are you such a boy scout? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Remember that wholesome scene? <laughs> oh yeah, this is a big thing in all these bike exploitation movies, you know, that sort of um the 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 central character is always yeah trying to find himself or looking for some sort of deeper meaning but it's all just one big metaphor for being unemployed right. and owning a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> Lady, you're on the run with a pregnant, you know, like you're not in a great spot either. Oh my God, his idea is so amazing. And what happens when we get to his idea is going to become like a couple of the best sound drops this, this show is ever going to have. And when it comes up, 
we're not going to be able to provide any commentary for like five minutes. You're going to be laughing so hard when it comes to what happens with his backup plan. This fucking Friar Tuck character. I don't know why the fuck this guy's even in this movie. All right, so Cameron Mitchell's escaped from the beach. It's dark now. He goes to the sheriff's station. Look at this Broadway acting. What? I'm so confused. This is amazing. So he's got to call the deputies to try to get some help to fight the motorcycle gang. Uh, this is a great moment in cinema right now. If you think I didn't pause this scene and rewind it and watch it like 20 times in a row, you're wrong. Because Pedro on the phone here is fucking magic. <laughs> no, this is really good. I didn't actually recognize that it was the the boyfriend who came up, but the other thing I was struck about is just that the well, most... how it magically turned to the middle of the night when he went to the sheriff's station, but we're yeah. racing on the beach in the middle of the day again. That yeah, little continuity yeah, yeah. error, that little one, yeah. Uh, but also, I was just thinking the most unrelatable thing about this movie is that there's no way you could have a modern movie with two people just playing checkers to to pass the time like this is not a thing you could do today this is so amazing Wait, but he's still on the phone you can't have the same lighting in this little corridor that's clearly in this little like this little bungalow type building listen to what he says here picks his apple back up yeah this is a problem Pedro this is your job
you know, Pedro's really pathetic here. I think Friar Tuck is ten times as as pathetic. You know, Pedro will at least tell him that he's not willing to help because he's basically a coward. <laughs> he's like, be patient, my son. You're the fucking like friar, whatever priest guy in this town. Supposedly, you know who everyone is. You could gather a group of people together to help, but apparently, you have no influence because you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Why is the bird in this movie? Um, two showings now. Does it, does this play in at all? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it should. So this but. town was basically abandoned before. Now there's people walking around everywhere. So I guess we have to assume that chloride has quite an active nightlife. So we've got very Silent Hill very quickly. Like, um, I know they could have leaned into lighting, that a lot more for the horror part of it, right? Yeah, all right, the lighting is completely changed. <laughs> so we're back at the cantina where the bikers were causing trouble. We we would is think. This- which I have to mention because it's not obvious where we are. Is this just like a post-ironic movie 70 years ahead of its time? Like, what is going on with the music score right now? Well, why are these fucking septuagenarians still playing fucking checkers at whatever time of night it is at the cantina? I don't know. This... No wonder this place is a fucking ghost town now. I I'm so confused. This is the most discordant muse, movie I have ever seen in my life. Right. Well, also these are also the exact same people that were at the cantina earlier this day. These people right. have been here all day <laughs> right <laughs> that that girl in the silver dress the girl with the red hair these dudes playing checkers that one dude at the table there like they haven't even changed fucking tables they were there when the biker gang rolled in they're there now 
I understand there's probably not a lot of hot spots in this town. And as Bruce Dern said, this is the place where it is at. Yeah. And I understand, like, maybe a crazy guy running around may not get a lot of attention, but hey, a girl's getting raped on the beach. Yeah. I feel like at this time, there's a lot of people be like, that sounds like a problem. We should do something about that. Right. <laughs> like every every like third frame of this movie i just expect cameron mitchell to be like i was at fucking death of a salesman <laughs> <laughs> what yeah this is that (laughs) this is that broadway acting that makes you a superstar in 1951 i'm so confused So they're going to arrange now a, a a biker wedding between Bunny and Diane Ladd. So he has to be the minister because he is the Harley Davidson manual. <laughs> what? I know. This scene is going to come up and I'm going to be quiet because I need you, Swiggs. Because listeners, Swiggs has not seen this movie. Uh you need to hear, and so do the listeners hear every single word of what Bruce Dern is about to say. You're going to hear a lot of it again in upcoming episodes of the show, because this is one of the greatest moments in biker movie history that's about to happen. This whole thing could be bullshit, except for this scene that we're about to see. And I am not sure why it is not way more famous the, this dialogue that Bruce Dern has here, this this wedding speech is... So... Well, with all that's coming before it, I can understand. Um... <sighs> I'm so glad we're here in the Tiki room for you to see this for the first time, Swigs. This is... <sighs> it's coming up now. And everyone, 
Oh, we're not quite there yet. We've got, yeah. So we're breaking up this little uh, birthday party here. He's really having a lot of trouble finding somebody who's not cool with a woman getting raped who owns a gun in this yeah. California town. See, the look 60s. at her screaming, for God's sake, go back. <laughs> Here we go. This is an AMA sanctioned event. <laughs> oh, this is this is gold, Swigs. This is gold. All right. He's reading from the Harley manual for this wedding. <laughs> what? How amazing was that? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, this is your daughter. Maybe we let her uh, let her go. Why does he talk like an Indian from F Troop? Maybe you make mistake. Give woman back.
Why has he got an iron cross, like, wrist bracelet? Uh, No, they're like short gloves. They're like fingerless gloves and wristless gloves. I I love that he's willing to, like, shoot her in the belly. I just love how crazy Jack Nicholson is. Like, he's like, no, man, I got out of the joint like six months ago and I am going to rape someone hell or high fucking water. (laughs) I just don't know how this is, how this is playing out in his mind. Like, if you wanted to rape her, you could have raped her. But. This whole wedding and... Uh, this... Well, the wedding was Bruce Dern's idea to stall for time. Remember when the, he and Diane Lab are by the rocks and he's right. like, hey, if I lose, I got some ideas to stall for time. I'm going to uh, read from uh... the Harley Davidson service manual <laughs> until I pronounce you man and wife. <laughs> I'm going to pronounce it an AMA-sanctioned event. <laughs> You're right. I'm I'm stupid. That makes <laughs> that that all checks out. Have you out. been paying no attention, sweetie? <laughs> I can't remember in the final minutes here if Bunny dies or not. I think he got. I think he stabbed himself when they fell down. Uh. Yeah. So I guess now because he came back, she might be into him and this might be some sort of resolution to their story. I don't know. Look. I yeah, everyone walks away into the dark. I don't know. I'm not sure if we learned anything here. I don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. The bikers are gonna carry Bunny away, much like the 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 penguins carried away the penguin at the end of <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> What? The end. (laughs) Swigs, are you not entertained? I am so confused. I know, this movie really ends with a car crash. (laughs) What? So I think we have to take stock of what we just saw here. Uh, I... All right, Swigs, okay. just, just so this is the first time you've seen this movie. Immediate reaction um, out of five wheelies. How many? <laughs> what do you give this movie? 
Oh my god. I told um, you this movie was bananas. Um You know what? Uh so there wasn't a lot of motorcycle action, but I'm gonna give it a minimum a minimum two oh, and a half. You gotta pause the the YouTuber. It's playing another movie here. Yeah. I don't know. What I'm it gonna is. give it a minimum uh, two and a half wheelies because that's we... fair. It's not a good movie. I mean, again, I had a lot of fun with it, but it's not good. It had yeah. so much potential to be good. Um, I mean, it was fucking crazy, which I'm a big fan of. Um. The movie made no sense. It was absolutely insane. Uh, The character motivations were... I think it made sense. It's just the first part of the movie had nothing to do with... Okay, you're right. It didn't make sense. It was was a (laughs) stupid movie about this couple having this argument about whether or not they should get married with this baby being born. And then it just turns into this horror hostage rape situation (laughs) out of nowhere. Um, but on the same side, uh, uh, on the Moto Bechdel test, it's got a minimum of a three because we had people actually having trouble starting their fifties and sixties. Uh, for Moto Bechdel, I want to go four, four and a half because we've got people, um, dumping bikes for real. Like we have actual actor, like actual actors dumping bikes kickstarting bikes like 10 times before they start we do get some slow maneuvers we get the all the actual actors riding motorcycles even the extras like frankie you know there's that scene where she just gets on the triumph and rides it back down the beach yeah we do have that like this might have the highest number of characters riding bikes for real of any movie we've done so far. On the other hand, in terms of bikes being I'm central willing... to the plot or to the struggle, well, it's a biker gang. Yeah, but it, uh, it's not. It's not strong there. Um, I mean in the. In terms of the whole movie being both insane and a hot mess, I mean that's five stars right there. But I mean, if you, <laughs> this is your quintessential just insane biker movie, right? Yeah. Uh. Uh. The only. Th- <sighs> Like, I don't this know. Movie, I, I feel like this is a this movie, movie I need to watch several times. We would have times. never seen this movie, but all these people were not famous when it was made. And so, so another thing about this movie is some people may have thought, like when I said this in 1967, this is filmed. A lot of people will go, well, wait a minute. It's released in 1970. They, they made this movie, decided it was unwatchable. And then three years later, Jack Nicholson was in Easy Rider. And someone went, wait a minute. Didn't you guys make a, a motorcycle movie with Jack Nicholson already? We have to release it. It'll make money now. This movie was going to be shelved and never seen again. Except that... Jack Nicholson was an easy rider and it somehow got revived for drive-in movie theaters. 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm in the middle of, I, I feel like I was subjected to a little bit of psychological trauma. Like I, just, I was subjected to a lot of it. I don't know about you. I, just, I, 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 this was such a fucking weird movie with okay, all the okay. weird so, changes. So here, here's my suggestion like, for our official scoring. I'm willing to knock it down from a two and a half to a two out of five if we take its Moto Bechdel up to four. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh overall score two wheelies, Moto Bechdel four wheelies. Now, as a so bad it's good, what do you give it? Um oh, what's the but... freak factor? I could go for a three on the so bad it's good. Okay, so the uh the so bad it's uh, uh oh, this is hard because I feel like, like the torque so bad it's good is five. Right, torque. Torque is the quintessential "so bad it's good" bike movie. The, no, this is this is on a different scale. I mean, I'm glad I saw this. I'm really <laughs> glad I saw this. But there's a lot of people who, for this, there's a lot of people who think that torque is a five out of five, and this is like a negative ten. This is unwatchable people. to a lot of people. You have yeah. to be a motorcycle person, and you have to enjoy just weird 1960s unpolished movies. Yeah, this is... You have the, to know who Cameron Mitchell is and know how washed up is, he is. This is deep in the trenches. You've got to be digging. But there's a lot to make fun of and enjoy here if you know what's going on. Okay, would you recommend this to a a a, a fellow motorcyclist? Um. Uh, I would, with a lot of caveats. I'd, I'd have to set a you lot gotta of set it up for them. I'd have yeah. to set up. A, I'd have to set a lot of expectations. Um. And would be to a particular person. Yeah, I mean, I would, but I'd be like, this is great. However, you've got to be okay with a lot of weird shit. No, uh, yeah, the, with a lot of prep. With a lot of prep, yes. Okay. Here we go. Is this Jack Nicholson's most unlikable role? I think that's easily yes. Yeah, I mean, I I felt like on an emotional level, I connected with the Joker better than this, right? Like I sympathize with the Joker more <laughs> than Bunny. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I want to think that this is the same movie. Uh, this is in a shared universe. Uh, like he didn't die at the end because we don't know for certain that he died. It's implied that he died, but we don't know for certain. I want to say that, like, maybe this is, like, these are, like, the crimes that got him into the insane asylum for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Right? When he said, like, he got locked up for too much fucking and fighting, 
I want to believe that this is that. Or he could have just become the Joker for the uh, the original Batman movie. I mean, perhaps it, it, the timelines I, this all line up. This doesn't feel like the Joker's origin story. This feels like the origin story for one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> but I don't know. You know, if you if you get a Batman vibe from this, sure. Uh, let's see. Um, I, I I don't know. What what are your big takeaways from this, Swigs? Like, you've just watched this for the first time. I feel like I've witnessed a lot of trauma, and I don't feel like I've learned a lot. <laughs> I feel, I, but like immediately, like if you were going to talk to someone about this movie, you know what? Which parts are the highlights for you? What are your takeaways? <sighs> Not in terms of like I, a lesson we learned from the movie, but look, like literally take away from this movie. What sticks out in your mind? What was what made it a worthwhile watch? I uh, honestly, the whole thing was just fucking insane. I from start to finish, just there was no. I uh, I I feel like the most convincing thing and the most uh, telling thing about the whole movie, and which actually fit with the whole through line of the plot, which was also insane is the insane music choices throughout the whole thing. Uh, the I, music choices gave it a very... There was a lot of sort of acid jazz kind of... Yeah, and I... I'd like to think that was done intentional, but that sort of like canned jazz, like I said, sort of Johnny Quest meets the Beach Boys sort of thing was very stereotypical at the time. It was just cheap music that they could just like use without copyright or was cheap copyright. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh... I, I'd like to think that that was a choice, but I think it was just a default for budget movies of the time. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that. I mean, okay, look, objectively, it's a terrible movie, but I like it. Well, if it had been made today, it would be an absolute, genius piece of art but yeah because everything would be much more of a choice but there were a lot of things in this movie that were made because that's just the default way people made budget movies at the time so if someone made a biker movie today with all that music it would be very much intentional and you could read a lot more into its intent you know uh, um, from its use but we can't really do that here but for me, what definitely was a choice that all the actors made, uh, whether it was a default or not, this was a choice every actor made in the moment with the material they were given. And why this is a horror movie is how cold all the bikers are. Right, yeah. How they're just like, hey, man, why are you stopping our fun we should totally be raping these girls or like, like, what do you mean? We can't run through this town and just beat the shit out of everybody. What do you mean? We can't do this. We can't do that. Like, of course. Hey, we're just having fun. 
you know, when they're breaking people's windows and pulling people out of cars and shit, you know, when Jack Nicholson is downright indignant that someone not even forcibly stops him, just says, I don't think you should rape this girl. And he's like, why are you looking at me like that? Right. You know, (laughs) it, how cold they are. If you watch this movie straight up, not knowing anything about it, it is straight up disturbing how cold they are. Mm. And if only the director had been competent enough to lean into the horror aspect of the situation that Cameron Mitchell and Diane Ladd found themselves in. You mean like having a script and a theme and a tone for the movie? Well, yeah, besides just 60s biker chaos. The fact that they they kind of skipped, they glossed over all those things. I mean, in that... Yeah, it's like they're trying to gloss over the the horror aspects and be like, hey, it's a fun 60s bike exploitation movie. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Meanwhile, like, really dark shit is going down. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I I think we can we can wrap this up and just say I'm gonna have to watch this again, and all of our audience, if you've been if you've stuck around this long, you should watch this again. Well, they haven't stuck around very long. This movie was a tight hour and seventeen <laughs> with credits and everything. Jesus Christ! Like there was somehow so empty and also so dense in terms of well that's what i said it's a very tarantino thing where like literally like it's the halfway point of the movie it's like minute like 38 or something that they start crawling all over the car and it becomes that horror movie and before that it's just sort of like ah biker stuff's happening over here ah we've got this like drama couple story and then it just takes a hard turn it's absurd. It's so absurd. <laughs> I, All right. I feel like we should wrap this up. Well, okay. Uh, this last things, though, like lasting memories. Uh, how do we all not know about that wedding scene? Yeah. This is an AMA-sanctioned event. <laughs> anytime I ever do anything stupid and remotely motorcycle-related... Like if we're next time we're at AMA and we're doing like retarded shots of some dumb shit or we're about to go ride somebody's um somebody's like handmade uh uh sidecar rig, we always we we from now on always have to say, All right, this is an AMA sanctioned event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh- Anytime you do anything stupid on a motorcycle, regular we all will need, give you we all need to riding pleasure. <laughs> no, this. Anytime you ever do anything, every time you're about to do anything dumb on a motorcycle, you have to now announce this is an AMA sanctioned event. Because <laughs> apparently, if you just announce it, then it is. <laughs> that uh, yeah, uh, according to according to Bruce Dern. Yeah, I just want to carry around a pocket-sized version of the Harley-Davidson service manual from 1967. <laughs> and just read from it at random times. I want to... <laughs> like, 
that if I'm ever in legal trouble and a judge goes, do you have anything, do you have anything to say for yourself? I'm going to be like, yes, your honor. And just pull out the Harley Davidson <laughs> service manual and just start reading a random page of it. I, I, I'd like to open a restaurant where the menu is just pages from the Harley <laughs> Davidson service manual. I would... I would like to I would like to take little copies of Harley Davidson service manuals and give them like covers that say things like, you know, uh um a detailed guide to, you know, uh like alpine uh, mountain climbing or <laughs> you know, scuba diving instructions, you know, uh <laughs> like how to study for the LSAT. <laughs> this is the Harley Davidson service manual inside. All right. I desperately have to pee. So okay. We got we to close this out. We can close this one out. I hope that everyone had a good time watching this movie with us because um, it's weird. I thought it would be a little funnier watching this movie as we were watching it. And I just was like, oh, yeah, this this is really fucking dark. <laughs> and, uh, I'm glad we watched But this, once so this the movie's done, it's fucking hilarious, right? It is. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It's like that just happened. Okay, um, so I guess we end this with Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you had as much fun as we did. All right. Goodbye.